Welcome to the Initiative Podcast, Episode 3. Today we're talking with my longtime mentor, teacher, one could even say friend, Peter Hostrauser, founder of Disrupt Education, co-founder of Hall Pass Education, currently on a mission to change the game of education, um, capitalize on the changing education market, and also, most importantly, help other people show their value. Had a really great conversation with Peter. I call him Mr. H. Had a great conversation with him uh, about all these topics. We go deep. We talk about his um, ability to help students basically find confidence and find what they're good at and go for it. How he did that with me, how he does that with students every single year, how he's growing his own business everything in between all over the spectrum so enjoy this one make sure you guys subscribe share this one and uh yeah hopefully you enjoy this conversation all right so um okay what programs do we have uh we have uh, a three-day uh quick uh pivot program um, that's going to give you three stupendous questions it's going to rock your world basically and see uh are you on the right path to something um, we have a five day challenge, um, that is just a week kind of, uh, shooting off some basic questions and some basic stuff for you to start thinking about. We have a 12 month challenge, uh, which is weekly, uh, for a full year, it's $30 a month and, uh, you're going to get questions and you're going to get a video from us, um, and some more access there. Then we go to the level up crazy program. So we get into a 30 day, uh, springboard program. Um, we're about done with that, but basically in 30 days, it's a way to level up. Uh, and then we get into the bigger programs where the gap year programs, 12 weeks, um, we start, uh, giving people, uh, a chance to, um, to really look at their academia and attach it to reality. Um, and then we have a transition program. Uh, which is similar, but for older people who have kind of a, a job going and they want to pivot out of that. And then we have one-on-one, man. So that's how we have it all yeah. the way through. So, so yeah, we got a lot of programs. Um, like Audrey said today, we had a meeting today and uh, Audrey Boyle and Dr. Peter A. James are my business partners. Wonderful, wonderful group. Um, we work very well together. Um, and uh, she said, we've done more in the last two months than most corporations do in a year. Really? So it's been, yeah. You actually believe that? Pretty wild. I yeah, I was know. about to say, I don't know. So, <laughs> I mean, I've worked for like Auto Trader and, you know, but I was on the sales team. So I didn't really do yeah. the, you know, I'm inside the your system yeah. and stuff like that. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we've really been cranking some, mm -hmm. some stuff out. Um, and, you know, you, you hit things in there and uh, you want to redesign something because it doesn't look quite right. And then you have to, you know, go back and do it. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's yeah. Wow. At. So Love I want to take it a little bit back because I think it's important that the audience knows who, how I know you, how I came to know you. So Mr. Yeah. H, Peter Hostrauser, I still call him Mr. H like he's my teacher, but he's basically a mentor to me at this point um and my junior year of high school my second semester i got into this small business management class and mr h was my teacher and i remember the first day thinking 
just based on the things he was saying, you know, this guy, this is a teacher who I could like develop some kind of deeper teacher student relationship with than I do with my other teachers. Just cause like, I felt like we were connecting. I felt like the way we, I was thinking about school, the stuff you were saying, it was coming across as like, we were in the same kind of mental space about the current system of education. And it seemed like you had a care for your students on an individual level that like superseded any of my other teachers, not to like go in on any of them, but um, so we connected and you saw, I think you saw a drive in me. So we kind of got attracted to kind of a deeper cause at that point. And then the rest is history. You've been men you, you left OPRF that year and then, which is the high school I went to. And then you went on to do some cool opportunities at Glenbard East, I want to say. Yeah. Glenbard yeah, East, which right. is another high school mm -hmm. in the suburbs of Chicago. And then um, now you're at Stag, just making stuff happen. But you're, you're a yeah. business teacher who actually has, one, had a business before you were a teacher, and two, have a business that you're starting now. So you're actually like <laughs> in the field. You also do um, solo one-on-one -on -one kind of mentoring and coaching for a few kids. And that's something mm -hmm. you're working on building too, which you failed to mention earlier, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that I'm, yeah, Lots like, going I on. mean, <laughs> hustler basically to sum it all up. Um, and I want to let you take it over where, where does that, wh how does what I just said resonate with you and how, how, where is the, what fuels that fire within you to do all these things and to try to be a good teacher and take the job seriously and not even just do a good job, but try to change what you see wrong with education as a whole. Right. Right. Um, first I just, I just want to say thank you, man. I'm, I'm always humbled. Um, it's really wonderful as an educator, whether you're in a system or outside a system, when you have, uh, an effect on your students and really to, to watch your journey is a blessing and to hear you say that that's if you want to go to the last question what keeps me going that's it I mean honestly that's it um, I just I just there's nothing like it in the world to see your students succeed and learn how to go through life and be fulfilled and to find their value and show their value I mean that's that's everything I do um, I'm guilty of not saying no a lot uh, because uh, I do have a lot going on. So um, yeah, I was invited to STAG this year and I had a wonderful conversation actually this morning. Um, I was out front and we're doing um, a uh, videos for their open house because obviously parents mm -hmm. can't come into the school because of the pandemic or there's challenges there. So. We have to videotape them so you know it's funny because you and i like i'm very different era videographer huh. than you i do not have the skill sets and can play around with the the toys that you do now um but i do have a kind of a basic knowledge um and i, I really enjoy it so i found a place in front of the school where you can kind of see the the name of the school out front and i started videotaping and uh, i shot it out on my instagram and facebook today where these all these geese flew right over my head. I thought I was going to get crap on, but 
the funny thing was is the principal and the assistant principal walks out, right? Because they see somebody videotaping on school property. And usually when news does that, they're not supposed to be doing that. So he was halfway out and he's like, oh, it's Pete. It's the new business mm -hmm. teacher. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Eric Olson. And uh, he's, he's such a great guy. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know it was you. And he's like, I'm doing the open house videos, man. He's like, oh, you're leveling it up. I love this. That's why we brought you in the business department. And to be recognized like that is is amazing to me. I mean, that is really humbling. And for people to understand that, you know, I bring a different lens sometimes and uh, to really understand that I want to change education. I want to I want to I want to up the game. Um, but it does scare some people. Um, with stag it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't scare them mm -hmm. um they're they're a pretty unique school they're uh one of three in an amazing district so so that's where i'm at on the teaching side um and i work with uh um my co-worker there uh um jim duffy who's just an amazing guy and we're figuring it out right we're figuring out how to teach online um, and how to do these different things and how to utilize our technology skills. So it's fun because we're figuring it out with students. Now we're all thrown into this. So, so that's my teaching side. And um, my uh, kind of personal uh, mentoring and coaching, um, I've taken on many clients. Um, and, uh, you know, you and I work together um, and I learn from my clients. So I love, I just love uh, understanding and, and pushing clients pushing people to do their best um, and helping people realize what their value is. Um, you know, one thing I was talking to a client on Sunday morning and um, what he was telling me, is like, um, you know, what school doesn't really teach you is when you have an idea, it doesn't teach you how to act on it. It doesn't teach you how to reach out to people and to speak with professionals or somebody who might've done that before um, and really problem solve your journey, your own personal journey. And I'm like, wow, that was, that was smoke, man. That was some good stuff. Uh, and this young man just graduated high school. Um, you know, he's doing some community college and he wants to get into marketing, but he doesn't know the path, you know, and that freezes people. Um, and a lot of people, they just think I need to go through college or I need to go through this place to learn. But then at the end of that, then I'll get a job or something. Yeah. Right. And it's always, I'll get a job or something. Um, and I want to change that. Um, so what he told me was it validated what I do with, with individuals. I, I love to, to up their level. I really want them doing it in high school. Like, uh, you know, when I challenged you in the classroom, uh, and said, Hey, we're going to watch a YouTube in front of everybody. I love that story, by the way. Um, and, I challenged you. I was like, okay, you're doing this. This is good. And, uh, and let's go, let's go further. Um, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to challenge people. Um, it's, it's fun. It really is because it actually challenges me to because I have to empathize. I have to see through somebody else's eyes mm -hmm. to do it. And it's, it's actually, I feel like I'm lucky because I get to work with people like you or, or any of my clients and learn from them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 48 years old and, and I, I learn from anywhere from 15 to 20, 25 year olds. And, uh, it's amazing because I feel like I get, I get to see life from a different generation and really just deep dig mm -hmm. into it. Um, so I feel lucky with that. 
And then with Hall Pass, yeah, uh, Hall Pass education. So it's very frustrating um, when you're a, a lean kind of startup person. Um, you're an entrepreneur. You want to move things fast, and you're in a system where things don't move that fast. Things move, but they don't move that fast, and you, and you feel like, okay, we, there's a better way to do it. So one thing I learned from uh, rest in peace, uh, Sir Ken Robinson, who just passed away this last month. Wait, what? Um, in a, a couple, yeah, he passed away. Um, so, um, any, anyway, so he, uh, he taught me three things. Uh, you can work in a, in a, in a system to change it. You can work, uh, with a change uh, outside of a system to change it, or you can just rebuild the system. And we just decided to get together and, you know, have the best of both worlds. I'm still inside of a system, um, working and, and helping uh, people change at a, at a slower rate, but people mm -hmm. are changing. And uh, and then outside with Hall Pass, we're we're just going to level it up and we're we're building our yeah. own. Um, so we're finding the pain point, and that pain point is how do you get from ideal to actually doing yeah. something. Um, in addition to, or without, depending on who you are, uh, yeah. a degree. I mean, I so. want to touch on that point you made earlier about the, the sticking point for young adults or like kids setting out into the world is that they don't know the path, right? And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they think that the path is just go to college and then you'll, your degree will teach you how to do, you know, how to be a marketer. Like you get a marketing degree in a classroom and then all of a sudden you're a marketer in real life. Um, just to, because you mentioned the kid is a marketing guy. Right. And I, I don't know why, yeah. maybe it's from training or like maybe it's from the content I consume, but in my head it's like the complete opposite. I would say every, like I think every kid should just go try to sell a marketing service to somebody and then you'd one you'd have to figure out how to get someone to believe you and to pay you Two, in order to get paid you'd have to figure out something smart enough to be worth money and then that experience in itself is going to teach you I feel like more than you could learn from a textbook or a classroom or from a tutorial I mean those things all help but I think those things help even more when you're looking for it, you know what I mean? Like if I'm trying to make a sale and I'm looking up, how do I create a marketing plan? Because I need that for the sales pitch. It's gonna, I'm gonna absorb that knowledge at a much better rate, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. It comes down to um, a couple of things. First off, you have to know how you learn, right? right? Um, and that's something that we actually are uh, asking a lot of our clients uh, at Hall Pass is how do you learn? Because we want to match that up. And that's kind of a big deal um, because you learn by doing pretty much you're tactile. You're a tactile learner. You get your hands dirty. You get in there, um, you know, and you somehow um, have unlearned a box. Right. Um, and I, I can't tell you your journey, but there were parts of it in, in the business classes that, that you were in where you started to question, okay, how do I do this differently um, at a younger age? And I think that's something that's that's very powerful. Um, there is also, you know, I, I used to 
absolutely hate college, but I, I believe that there is a networking power there. You can use college totally. um, if, if you want to totally. go that route. Um, you know, um, if, if I had to do it again, which I, I had to go to college um, because that's what my parents told me I needed to go. And my grandfather worked his, basically his ass off to pay for my college. So I wasn't going to let him down there. But I would I would have learned I would have liked to have learned how to network um, and then actually how to build things while um, while I was in college. Um, even though I did get a degree in broadcast journalism, uh, Audrey always uh, laughs at me. She's like, we should make a drinking game because I say it all the time because I utilize those skills still. And I had some great professors around that. But the other stuff I didn't really care about, you know, um, but I could have started to network in those realms and start to see so you know it's it's a path is a path um and there are a lot more people like you who who really want to just you know let's let's jump in and let's do it i was just recording um my latest podcast that's coming up on disrupt education oh yeah i forgot i'm a podcaster too (laughs) what does this guy Um, not do (laughs) um but uh, it was a gentleman in Malaysia, and without giving too much away, um, he was tagged to be a physician, a doctor. So what they do there is before they go into the program, he had to work in a hospital, not actually, you know, surgery or anything like that, but in a hospital um, and shadowing with doctors. And he, at the end of two weeks, he barely made it. He's like, this is not for me. So that's very right. powerful. So even even if you didn't want to become a videographer or a, a production company mm-hmm. owner or anything like that, that's okay. Like you really don't have much stake in the game. You haven't taken on large amounts of debt thinking that this yeah. is your path. So I think that's super important. I just think it's so important for people to get um, test drive, test drive the car before you right. buy it. You know? Oh my like god! You, you I think know, there. Right? I think. So, I think there's two. Um, things we're going to see when the pendulum swings back the other direction in terms of education. And and what I, just to go into a little bit of detail for that, I think you've seen college become so leaned upon and you've seen the prices go up so much because of the demand is just insanely high for college. It's not even funny. I mean, you, they can just add 10 grand to their price every year and people would still go because it's just societally accepted as necessary. But you're going you're gonna to see people like me or like other, like other kids my age who are not going to college or taking the gap year. They're learning on the job, like you said, what they want to do, what they don't want to do, if they need a degree, if they don't. And you're going to see the pendulum swing back in the other direction and you're going to see stuff like hall pass you're going to see see stuff like the novus club you're going to see stuff like praxis which are all these alternatives to education or uh common general education that we have now and you're going to see those gaps just be filled and you're it's it's going to be great i'm so excited for it i think it would be a great investing opportunity actually like if any of these companies are i can invest in them like that because i i know that's what's going to happen i mean yeah. Maybe and, and you'll see it play it's, out over the next 20 years, but um mm-hmm. I was going to say I've been going to a lot of production sets lately. I I got connected with this producer in Chicago and um this is a year after I decided no college, right? And I'm on this videographer mm-hmm. s- 
storyteller journey and I meet this producer. She's taking me on to all these productions. I'm, I'm getting booked left and right. And on the way to the first one, she was driving me there. Her name's Holly. She's actually producing my documentary now. But I was like telling her, like, I don't think I want to do this forever. Like before I even did it. Right. And I was I went into yeah. it with like a, a mindset like. This is going to be super hard. I don't want to be in this world. I want to be in the world that I've already been creating for myself, which is like my business and YouTube and documentaries and all that. And then I go do the set. I do my job as a production assistant. And then I I ended up loving it. Like I love being on these sets, even if I'm not filming, even if I'm just getting coffee and helping people set up. Like it's super fun. The energy's great. And I would not have known that if I wasn't on the job. That's the point. Like yeah. I wouldn't know how much I love that now imagine if I didn't do that for four years and then right. I did it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's, that's really, you know, part of that is that you, that network, right. right? Like you're, you're discovering, I think a lot of, a lot of young people. Um, and I, I was like this as well Is when, when you're young and then you go to the next level, whether you're in high school or post-secondary education somewhere, you feel like your only network is people your age. Um, and that's the biggest lie. And that's the biggest thing that, you know, you should, you should get different people in your network, younger and older. Um, and you know, their experience levels, they're going to bring something to your yeah. table. Um, and you know, by you just seeing that and, and experiencing that because you're a tactile learner is going to be something that you're going to take with you whether you create this, the Thuzi, you know, as you grow that out, you're going to remember, Oh wait, they did something like this, or there was something that you remember from that. So there's learning and everything. It's a, it's a growth mindset. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think it is a day like today, like, you know, I, same with you, you know, you, we, we get up early, we, we go through it and, uh, we just, every moment is, uh, is a crazy moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, it is kind of fun being at the end of this day speaking on this podcast because, you know, it kind of wraps up my day. I just yeah. got off the line with somebody from Malaysia who's it's already Tuesday. <laughs> there, you know, it's just crazy. It's insane. Like when you're speaking with people across the world because we have the world at our fingertips. We just somehow got in a box and don't trust ourselves yeah. to learn the way we totally. learn. And uh, and, you know, it's it's it is it's an amazing journey and I, I just feel blessed all the time um you know with everybody i'm i'm working with and um you're right the you know the market is changing you know you you increase a price so much um and people don't really understand uh loans they don't understand uh how money works um and then you give them a hundred thousand dollar decision without ever understanding it I um, that's yeah. going to change the market. I mean, there are people who can afford it that, yeah, you know, like, uh, there are people who, uh, are getting robbed. There's all different kinds of different, but I think the, like what you said, the, the, the information that's out there and the, the different entities. And I always like to holler out a couple of my, my, uh, people who I've, uh, talked to, um, like, like Austin Allred, uh, with, uh, Lambda, um, and, you know, he's just so agile and, and they're agile in education. So that's where it gets scared. Like my buddy, uh, Mike Yates out of Austin is building a school, um, you know, there in Texas. And, uh, 
you know, you got uh, Holberton and uh, um, Praxis, and you have, you know, these places now where people can show their value, like Crash.co. Yeah. Um, all these things now that um, people are starting to understand that, you know, credentials don't always do it. Um, you have to have some sort of value behind it. And I'm not saying credentials are bad. They can just be super expensive. And there's different ways that you can actually do these these choices and, and, and get to leveling yourself up. Um, maybe partially or breaking down your college degree into a very small pieces or not even going. It just depends mm -hmm. on where you're going. Um, but it's possible and people are starting to see that it's possible. I think parents my age and, and millennial parents actually, um, you know, who have taken on this super debt and they, you know, millennials have come out, you know, uh, 12 years ago and they're having kids now and they're like, I don't, I don't want my kid to walk out of college with 30, 40, $80,000 right. debt. So they're going to question they, they, that's a pain point, you know? And, um, you know, I, I, I am excited too. I'm excited to see the market do what the market is yeah. doing. I it's going to be, it's figuring it out. It's going to be here. beautiful. It's and here. it's, you heard it here. Like, that's like yeah. what I'm excited about. It's like, like how right I know you and I are on this topic, but I want to go back to something you were talking about earlier. Um, how, it's not the credentials that is going to do it for you anymore. And this is something that you've been talking to me about personally, but I want you to share this with the world. I mean, talk about, mm -hmm. talk about why skills matter and how, how can a young person with skills grow their network with, with people older than with people older than them who have the doors to open outside of their kids, their age, like, how are you were talking about right. going to that? Mm -hmm. I think the number one question that a young person can ask an older person that is the million dollar question. And I truly believe this is, um, how can, how did you get where you are or what is your advice on blah, blah, blah. Those, those two questions will get any young person an answer and start a connection that can change their life. Period. Yeah, and I want to interrupt you because yeah. I want to mm -hmm. break down the science of that because it's so genius. Yeah. Um, when you do that, you, you do two things. You, you appeal to an adult's ego because they want to feel like they're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then when you do that, you the second thing you do is make them open up to you and start to trust you and start to see something in you because they're that's that psychological it's that psychological thing like when you help somebody in your brain you justify why you're helping them and you then you think of reasons to like them and then you it just builds a relationship you know what i mean right right you know, I think uh, as an ed educator for 19 years when when a student comes to me and ask for help or ask a question is how do you, you know, not just for the grade, but like, what do you think about this? I'm like, boom, you're engaged. You, you, I'm ready. Like, and as a, as an older person now, I want somebody to do that for my kids. You know, um, 
I have two teens and you know, I, I want them to ask people this, these questions. Um, you know, I think as, as a younger person, building that network is huge. Um, I did a podcast with, uh, Kevin Price back in the days in Oak Park grad. He's, and he said, uh, in the podcast, and actually I, I shared this podcast with my students, uh, in my career planning and career internship class. Um, he said, all younger people used to make fun of me because I would talk to older people all the time and tell internship time came around and then he's like who's laughing now you know what's funny about so, that is like yeah. i remember when i was like a baby we lived in like another town my my aunts uncles and cousins would come over and i would like there would be the kids table and the adults table where they were eating and i would always <laughs> want to go be in the adult room like always like when i was with friends like i, I was always wanted to talk to adults for some reason mm -hmm. and it's it's playing it's playing out now to my benefit so i think it's funny you say that right it's it's so true and it, but it takes i mean there's it takes guts you know i think um the socialization of how we socialize i should say in in schools is it scary um i don't know if it's just the you know, neurologically or the way they're set up, um, it can be really scary for kids to actually come outside of their comfort zone, right? Um, and ask, if somebody stands up and says, I'm going to ask for help in front of everybody else, I would have never done that in school. Um, but I think we need to help make that a safer place uh, for kids to do that or, or somehow reorganize the way we do things because, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so, so powerful. Um, it launches people. Um, you, you know, you, you really start to, to see, oh, I, I mean, Jake, I've seen, I've seen kids get full rides out of these mentorships. I've seen kids get jobs later on in life out, out of these mentors. I'm not talking like little, you know, $20,000 a year job. I'm talking about six figure jobs. Jeez. And some of these, some, some students that I've seen, um, they don't have much. Like there's, there's students who, you know, there's a lot of isms that happen to them, um, in and outside of the system. And when they start to set up mentorships and work with people that, around their interests and their, their purpose, once they find that, forget about it, man, you're talking about level up changes, um, socioeconomic levels changes. Mm -hmm. Um, you're talking about family life mm -hmm. changes and, and that's when I see that. Um, and I've been lucky enough to see it. It's, there's nothing like it, man, like to be a part of that. So that no, no amount of cash can pay me to, to feel that way. And it's the old, uh, I think it's Maya Angela who, uh, always said, people don't remember what you do for them. They make, they remember how you made them feel. And that's a great quote because it's so true. If I can give you the confidence or, or help build your confidence and then you just, you know, I'm going to open the door for you. Um, you have to walk through it, but if you get the confidence to walk through it, um, giddy up, here we go, man. You're in the hallway of life. You're ready to, you're ready to navigate your next move. Um, but you always need people. You always oh, need yeah. humans. And yeah. you know, that's, that's what I found out with Hall Pass is, you know, um, you knew me in the time uh, when I was teaching at Oak Park. Um, 
I was going to change the entire world with disrupt education all by myself. <laughs> and, uh, and I just thought I could do it. But, uh, but, you know, as I grew and I started meeting a ton of people, um, that's when I realized I need to team up because I only have a set amount of skills um, and other people have different lenses and skills that they need to bring into this so we can broaden our reach. We can, we can make this thing happen. So, yeah. So that's where, that's where, uh, that's where Hall Pass came in with, uh, Dr. Peter James and, uh, Audrey Boyle. Yeah. What a, what a power trio right there. Um, but I want to shift the conversation a little bit just because, um, this is a podcast where we talk about purpose and, and your why and, and, mm -hmm. I try to interview people that I that I see purpose oozing out of. So I want you to tell yeah. us about your purpose. What what value do you bring to the table? Um, if if your passion is seeing kids and helping kids get to that point where they're changing their lives and walking through the doors that you're able to open for them, what's the fuel to that fire that is your passion? You know what I'm saying? That's what uh, I'm really trying yeah. to get people to learn. Yeah. Well, before I go into that, I, I do want people to listen to your previous podcast with Desire because that guy is full of oh my purpose. God. And I don't even and think so. he's scratched the surface <laughs> of his purpose. Like when right. he told me what um, his purpose is to help people, like mm -hmm. I I hear that and I go, yeah, but there's more. Like, like, right. and he's figuring yeah. it out on his Every, journey, it, but I just yeah. love that podcast. Yeah, that was a great. So, I was like, oh yes, and, like that's how because yeah. that's. A lot of people who I talk to about this, it's like, myself yeah. included, it's like, we want to help people. Like, right. then I'm like, okay, so you're in the land of finding your purpose. Like, you're going to find more about it. Bingo. But tell me, tell me about your purpose yeah. and how you've got to that. I want to hear the whole story. Mm -hmm. So building, building off of that, um, my purpose is actually helping anybody try to figure out how to do what they want to do. Okay. I mean, that's it. First, they have to understand what they want to do, right? And I get to do that with people by, by just, you know, showing all different kinds of things. I want them to, to experience life um, without worrying about a grade, without worrying about a test score. I want them to experience life by digging deep into um, things that they're interested in. So the story is uh, my, my initial concept of where I really started to lean into my own purpose was when I was working with uh, elementary school kids and uh, we were doing video announcements and there were third through fifth graders. And this was back in Indiana. And I got, uh, you know, my wife, my girlfriend then, she's my wife now, um, was a teacher in a school and they said, come in, we need, to, we need to have you, we would love to have you show these kids how to do video announcements and we'll pay you a stipend or whatever. I don't even know how much it was, it was nothing. But I was like, yeah, that's cool. And back then it was VHS tapes, right? <laughs> so we're talking, I'm pretty old. Um, but, uh, but I got a smattering of kids. I got some kids that were just like, you know, you're, great at school and then i got some kids who weren't so great at school yeah. um and notice i didn't say they were smart or stupid so that's very key um because that's what i learned through my purpose um and the kids who were struggling like in math and in english that, that just didn't didn't jam with them in, in school after they started doing the video production stuff, their teachers were commenting to me like, you know, this kid's doing better in math. And 
So they were connecting a reality to their academia. Mm. They were connecting because back then, I mean, it was a little bit more difficult than what we're doing here with the uh, technology that we have. Um, but it was, you know, they had to do some math, some pre-roll and some calculating, and they had to write scripts and different things like that. That was it. That was when I started in to dig deeper into how can I, how can I help people understand something they really enjoy doing? I love, I still love videography. I'm not, I'm, I'm a little out of out of step with it. Um, but maybe that's why I love watching you <laughs> because you're learning it and you're using these just amazing pieces of technology, um, that, uh, I've gotten a little rusty with, but, um, that's really how I started to learn. I really started to learn how to empathize and, and read people and understand people and communicate with people through that craft. It led to many other things. I mean, I was in food service. I was in, uh, I was in golf course maintenance. I uh, was a salesperson, uh, account exec for um, autotrader.com back in the day. So, but the path to the purpose then, when I got into the school system and started teaching 19, 20 years ago, I started understanding that we weren't really asking students about what they want to do or giving them voice. And as technology became more prevalent, um, through those 19 years, more students would kind of start staring off into their phone or start looking at technology. And I knew that we were missing something. Mm -hmm. um, and so rather than just sit around and complain, I just started recording kids' voices. Like, how, how do you want to disrupt education? What do you want to do differently? Um, and a lot of that stemmed out of um, I actually got to, lucky enough to see Sir Ken Robinson speak in Europe. Um, with a crew from Oak Park or Forest High School. Mm -hmm. And that changed my life. That's when I was introduced to design thinking. That's when I was introduced to all these different ways of problem solving. And then I just wanted to utilize it. I still have the book. I, I have it up in my bedroom. But mm -hmm. there's a book that says, you know, it's one of those you're going to sign something um, and say that, okay, you're signing this contract with yourself that you're going to go back to your school and you're going to go and try to change something for the better. And it's, you know, those, che I always thought those were cheesy. Jake, I still have that today. And, and I, I will never give that thing up um, because that was my pivot point into really diving deep into my purpose. And it's evolved. It's, it's just constantly evolving. But I know everything that I do, all I want to do is to help people. But here's how I'm going to help people. I'm going to connect their ideas with steps to go towards creating that idea or that goal or their own purpose. And that's it. So once I got that into, and it took years, it took years to figure that yeah. out. Um, but it's very clear. So anybody I talk to, anybody I speak with, with Hall Pass, with my own clients is wh what is your big hairy goal? And then let's let's lean into that. And that's Audrey Boyle's line. I'm going to give her big that. Hairy go. I love hairy that. Yeah. She loves that. Yeah. And and she's you know, that's that's a business partner. That's I couldn't come up with that. But what is your big hairy goal? Let's let's lean into that. Start to figure out what it is behind that thing. And then let's start building steps to get there. Um, and there it is. So and, and that's my purpose. Why? What qualifies you to. Like, why do you have the audacity to think you can help somebody 
if if I want to be a veterinarian, right? Mm-hmm. Why? What gives you the audacity to think you can get me to that? You've never even touched an animal. Uh, Funny you should say that. My grandfather was a veterinarian. (laughs) (laughs) Then then uh, replace that with anything. I got neuroplasticity. Right. Expert. Um, All right. So my uh, brother-in-law's father-in-law is one of the world renowned neurosurgeons in Michigan. So, yeah, I'm going, man. Here's what it is. Um, I have enough confidence to say that I don't have the answer, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go find it with you. Facts. That's it. That's I can, it. And, I can vouch for yeah. that. Like you, yeah. when, when I hit a wall, um, in, in your one-on-one help with me, um, you go find the article that I need to read. Like you find what I need to hear online and send it to me. And that is invaluable. I mean, that that's just, an accountability partner at the end of the day. And like, I, I can't even speak yeah. to the value of that. <laughs> um, it's, it's a learned skill. It really, honestly, I design think people. I mean, you have to empathize. I have to put myself, I have to listen. I have to listen so much. And for some reason I can listen. I, I don't, I don't know where I got that skill set. I think maybe it was in a, a combination of everything that I've done. Um, in sales, it's been in like, I was a bartender. So you have to listen to your people and then repeat back to them in a different way, uh, how, how they sounded or what they said. And then again, if, if I have a possible answer, because there is no one answer in anything, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to offer that up. If I don't, like you said, I'm going to go find it, or I'm going to go find somebody who can, who can, you can, um, uh, connect with um that's been places that i haven't so so yeah i mean neuroplasticity i'll find that person (laughs) i I will i will find um because it's networking and i I really want you know in the in the end of everything it really is an accountability partner if you wanted to or anybody really wanted to um you could connect with anybody um we we're sitting here on you know, <laughs> a FaceTime, mm-hmm. um, I'm recording my audio two different, th- th- and I just got off a call with somebody from Malaysia. Like this stuff is real. I mean, it, it, it's just that people need to learn how to make decisions and yeah. you, and by the way, you can't make every decision alone. Like I can't make every decision. Totally. Alone. Like, because in my head, I, I think something, but then it takes a team of people to say, okay, well, these are the different options. And then you get a little bit more clarity there. So totally, yeah, I, yeah, that's a great question. I, I guess if I, if it came down to it, I just have the guts to dive in and, and be humble. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I screwed something up, I would own it. I mean, you also, I think what you forgot to mention is you have a, you have a nice report card of kids that you've that you yeah you, I, yeah I know a kid that you've you've worked with dan bevin full-time yeah. web designer entrepreneur self-made yeah. living on his yeah. own in the city uh dropped out of college i mean like that that's a pretty like normal like it's not like an extraordinary like he's not like famous or super wealthy or anything but like full-time mm-hmm. living on his own working for yeah. himself like that's your student me yeah i'm i'm another one um 
You know, Dan. you know what's interesting on Dan, by the way? Uh, this Friday, I don't know when this is coming out, but this Friday he's talking with uh, my career planning and my career internship courses. Oh, so yeah. So there you go, right? Yeah. So you're on that short list, so be aware. I'd love to. But like yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying is like, yeah, that it's and here's the best part about it. I've learned like Gary Vaynerchuk doesn't exist to me without Dan Bevan because Dan Bevan's like, you need to, you need to check Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. like Gary V is your guy. I'm like, who? And this was years ago, but like, so it's, it's a two way street, but you're right. I mean, I, that's a joy that I have. I really, you know, in teaching teachers, and this was something that I started to design in my head is teachers, teachers, sometimes it's a, it's a very difficult profession. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, is many teachers don't have time or it's difficult for them to see where their students go after they walk out of their classrooms. Right. Mm -hmm. So when they're done, when they're a senior and they're gone and they go to college or whatever, as soon as Facebook came out, um, I know everybody's like, oh, you shouldn't be friends with, you know, previous students and stuff. And I was like, look, I'm yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be like the creep. Here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn from them. I want to know what their journey is because we don't. And the, the thing that's kept me in this business for so long is watching your, your, the people that you have helped or tried to help go on their journey and learning from them. I think it's essential in any type of education, traditional or non-traditional that you can you you completely dive into an alumni association of people that you have worked with and um in education i get to see things that are that are great i get to see heartbreaking things but i learn from everything so i think that's that's one of the biggest things with with dan um he was with an amazing crew um of uh the oprf school of business um just stupid now i'm going to shoot out uh shout out dg Sachs, Derek griffin um so talented kelvin evans who is a freaking genius um you know the guy's reading books like 10 times that i can read i can't read (laughs) yeah he's super smart Um, so you know and then just helping them still on their journey because now they're teaching me um and and it's just it's just it's, it's a humanistic approach to mm-hmm. education, man. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So, so that's great. Yeah. You, you r- repeat that one phrase you said to you help. I think it used, I think it was you help your value is showing other people their own value or something like yeah. that. Yeah. My value is helping people find and show their value. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. to do like, let, you helped me do that in a way in, in a very, this is a microcosm of like what I am today, but, mm-hmm. um, and I'm only telling this story cause I think you can kind of copy and paste this to anybody's life. I think it's a pretty universal experience. Um, if you find, if you search for it in your own life, but you told me to in, I had to start a business in your class. That was the project, right? Mm-hmm. Or I, I got to try to, learn about this certification and take a test and become scrum certified, which is a whole other thing. And I want to go on a tangent right now, but I wanted to take the business approach to your class ultimately. So I asked, I was doing this YouTube thing. I was posting vlogs on my YouTube channel and you told me, 
um, that could be my business, right? Yeah. And the first, like, in the very same, like, conversation, maybe the next question you asked me after you said I could do the vlogs was, like, set a goal. Like, can you set a goal? Mm -hmm. Like, and I was, like, I just want to post one per week for the rest of the school year. Mm -hmm. And that's... I did it ultimately. I didn't miss a week. And then when the school year ended, I did like daily vlogs for that whole summer. Yeah. Um, and what that taught me was like this idea that as long as you don't stop in the pursuit that you're in, right? For you, if it's, let's say your goal was to change a billion students' lives, right? Mm -hmm. I, I pulled that out of thin air. I don't know if that's really <laughs> your goal. But metaphorically speaking, or like for the sake of this conversation, like it sounds crazy to just like be Mr. H, Peter Hostrauser, teaching at Stag, and then just think of yourself after changing a billion students' lives. But if if you think about it, like what's the next thing I can do to achieve that goal? And whatever obstacles come in the way of that small goal, that micro goal, Mm -hmm. I just find a way around and I still achieve the micro goal. And then I do that again a million times. Then you're starting to get somewhere. Like if you, if you just never say I'm done, that's, yeah. that's kind of, I feel like what I, you and I have learned together or I've learned from you. And mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, I think I, w I, I want everybody to understand that. Yeah. I mean, to put it another another way is just falling in love with the process. Gary Vee has always said, fall in love Facts. with the journey, yeah. fall in love with the, with the problems, not the solutions. Oh my and God. That is so crazy. So that's not me. <laughs> no, I know. But like, <laughs> that is, uh, that's yeah. actually, I can't remember his name, but he was the guy who founded, uh, ways. Um, and, but he's a brilliant guy. I can't remember his name. Um, I'll have to look that up. But he said that fall in love with the problem, not the solution. And Whoa. it is it's it, it's really just different ways to say empathy and to really understand where people are going and what are the challenges that they're facing. And then and then let's go, because I can try to solve problems all day long. But if I don't know what the pain points are from different people, if I don't listen to them, if I don't, then I'm just trying to solve something out of thin air that makes no no mm -hmm. sense. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's exactly that. It's it's and that to me is just like really fun. When I see a wall, I love it. I mean a, a very common wall that I see um, with many students is I don't know what I'm good at. Um, great, let's start there. Um, I think I think the the biggest challenge with with educators today is there's a lot of different stresses on them. There's numbers, game, and all these different things. And what can be measured can be improved. I get that, but um, we need to really start looking at the humanistic approach. We need to look at where people are when they start something. Not everybody's at the same level when they come into my career planning course. Not everybody understands. Um, financial literacy like the student next to them, right? So some people may have their parent or uncle might be a financial advisor has taught them everything. And some people, you know, the families are scratching to make ends meet and there's nobody there to really teach them anything. So 
you have to meet people where they are. And then once that first problem comes, you're like, okay, there's your one first wall. Let's go. I don't understand why like every teacher isn't required to like take that approach. Like why, why are teachers supposed to teach 30 students at once? Like, why is it this mass teach approach? I don't, I feel like we need to move beyond that. There's models. Yeah. There's there's models out there that are, that are changing that. And it is, it's, that's why it's very difficult. It is very difficult. You have got to use, and especially now what we're learning, um, you've got to use technology to the max to make your time efficient. You know, like this year I get to work on the teacher. Well, both actually. Who, who are I you mean, talking about? So I was talking about the teacher, yeah, right? Okay. So yeah. you, you really have to use what you can use, all the tools, but the goal is the same. You know, a tool is a tool. Technology isn't going to teach anybody anything. The, the, that's just a tool. You have to make that connection. Without a connection, you can't really make that. So right now, one of the things that I, I do in all my classes with every so often when when they do kind of a personal um um assignment is uh i'm available like in canvas we use canvas um where i'm at at stag and i record about a 30 second to a minute video of myself reacting i'm sorry responding to uh, an assignment a student turned in so Mm -hmm. they get an individual video that takes time but it's necessary you know, so while students like, you know, we we come in in the morning, I get about an hour and a half or so before we go into our first class. I'm hitting the record button on my computer and talking to you like we are now. Obviously, the listeners can't see us. And I'm saying, Jake, I really like what you said about how you wanted to look at a wall differently. Um, here's a little bit of something that I know about that. I can't wait to learn more about it. And that's how I end every assessment with the student individually you know i how many per day is that um yeah i mean it can be can be a lot right now for me um i don't know it's about 100 maybe so 100 that's 100 minutes of video a day yeah and bad but yeah i mean and you know i don't do it for every assignment and like i do it maybe you know every other day so i'm down to about you know 45 minutes of that um you know but it's necessary it's necessary especially in the environment that we are in right now where yeah. i can't face to face a kid i can't like I've, i haven't seen any of my kids in person yet i don't mm-hmm. know what stag looks like with a with a building full of students mm-hmm. um so i have to learn different ways to do that and I let students know we're, we're doing this. We're doing this together. And I think that's also a big piece of understanding your purpose and, and working with students too. You, it's the humanistic approach. Um, it's hard. It's hard work. It really is. And I know a lot of teachers are struggling. I mean, right now, uh, I think the stat went up that there used to be about 22% of college graduates were coming out somewhere in education. And now it's down below 7%. So, and, and again, that's good and bad. I mean, I think we're losing a lot of good people. Um, but I also know that the market's going to change itself, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, a common problem with teaching I hear is like many teachers are underpaid 
and then you get this whole COVID thing and it's like, yeah, that looks like a disaster. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it, there's so many strong teachers out there. There's so many with, with very strong mindsets. And then there's ones you really empathize with. You understand why they're burned out. You understand why, you know, they're done. The system isn't really set up to innovate. I mean, all it doesn't really pay for innovation. Um, you know, um, I think there's some great leaders. I think, you know, District 230 has some great leaders where I work. Um, you know, but it takes that. Um, and that's going to have to change. Um, and I think this is actually going to be the wake up call, uh, to change that because I think on the student side, right, some students right now are home and they're learning and they're killing it because they, they don't do well in that box. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can attest for some of my students who are just doing fantastic things online and really connecting and reaching out and they would never reach out in a classroom ever. Um, so it's a safer learning environment for some, but, Again, you know, you have to find that balance. So I think maybe coming down the line is, is this going to be an option? Is online learning going to be an option for a student? I don't know. I think it should be looked at. I think we should really take a look at those students who are thriving in this environment um, because there are. And we always talk about, oh, the kids are missing out on a lot. Yeah, they're missing out on things. I get that, the social life and those things. But there's some kids killing it, Jake. There's some kids in there, and they're they're beating it down, yeah. man. I mean, because some kids, and I think I'm following this category, some kids need, like, the freedom to learn what they want to learn and how they want to learn. Like, as soon as you opened that door for me, I was skipping Japanese class to come work on my videos <laughs> in your office. Like, don't tell anybody, but... <laughs> Konnichiwa. Yeah, right. So <laughs> But yeah, so I want to, I started a documentary interview today by asking three weird facts. The interviewee, I said, what are three weird facts you would never like really talk about with your friends or just like keep to yourself? It could be childhood, whatever. I think it's just a good way to, it was a good way to begin. I'm sure it's a decent way to end. Um, So I want to just, let's, let's roll with it. Let's see if it sticks. Three facts. Wow. Um, that's a tough one. Um, right now I would tell anybody anything. That's just how open I am and that, but, um, you know, let me, let me go to a couple of things that really have formed who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think people know, uh, this too much about me. Um, there was a moment when I was a freshman and I was running up a hill, um, in football practice, we were done. And, um, one of the linebackers who was a junior or senior or somebody, um, big guy came up behind me and just threw an elbow, you know, you know, you're kind of hazing thing or whatever. And I, I fell down and I have a short temper sometimes. Uh, and I got up and when I was a freshman, um, I'm about six, one, six, two. Now I was probably five foot seven and about uh, 110 pounds. Um, and I got right up in this guy's face and I was, I was like, why did you do that? Did that, do you think you, that makes you look cool? Is that, is that funny to you? Like, why did you do that? And all not even knowing this guy could level me. Like there's no, mm-hmm. there's no competition here. And he just kind of like looked at me like, what? and didn't know how to answer the question and then just kept running. Right. 
But that wasn't the end of it. When I got up to um, the, the locker room, a couple couple linemen came up to me and were like, dude, that was badass. How did you do that? Like, why mm-hmm. that was you? And I think that was the first time where I learned how to take a risk. And there was a reward there, right? Um, and that sticks with me to today. So that's that's something that not a lot of people know about me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, man, another fact is my and my drive is predicated on my own story. When I was a senior in college, I went to I wanted to be on radio and I went and did my internship and I hated it. <laughs> I was in the middle of Indiana um, and it was not, you know, I was on like alternative was big and rap. And then I went to this really like kind of older country music. So it wasn't even good country music. It was just kind of old, weird. It wasn't even like, you know, the, the good old country. So, and I remember everybody in there was just jerks. And when I learned that I didn't want to do that, and I learned that I took a lot of money and a lot of time to try to figure out how to do that. That's when I said, I don't want people to really, uh, take that path and pay all that money. I was lucky enough that I had, you know, my grandfather, which is going to be my last fact here, but I don't, that was something that formed me. I didn't, I don't want people to do that. I don't want people to waste money that they don't have before taking that test drive. And that was the first instance, my own realizing that I was like, I'm going into a a job that makes $15,000 at the time. And I just dropped like 80 grand on an education. That's doesn't make sense. Right. And then the last thing is, uh, my grandfather, um, is a huge, huge, uh, motivator for me. Um, he fought in world war two. I know, you know, the story, but I don't think your listeners do, um, was in the battle of the bulge and almost was killed. Um, his, one of his buddies right next to him was killed right in front of him. And he came back from the war after a couple of years because he was healing. He got damaged up pretty bad and uh, started learning about dime stores and being in retail by working at Woolworths and all these old stores like, you know, Marshall Fields back in the day. And he learned how to run them just by working them. And he understood how to learn while doing something. And he knew that wasn't his end goal. Um, so any situation he started learning and he created, uh, Harvey's dime stores with my, uh, grand uncle and both of them between them owned 25 stores at one time and did very well for themselves, helped a lot of people get jobs and different things like that. And so he's an inspiration to me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, uh, the artwork that's behind me here, that, that artwork that you can see, but the people can't see, mm-hmm. um, that is, that is artwork that was hanging, hung in his office. Um, and I have a picture of his, uh, flagship store that was in Valparaiso, Indiana on a postcard in my office. And that keeps me going. There's mm-hmm. your three facts. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me, Jake, man. It's always, you know, I love your journey, man. Let's let's keep learning together, bro. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for all your help. I yeah. hope uh I know the audience got something out of this. So thank you for your time. I hope so. All right, buddy. Thanks, right. man. Have a good night. See ya. Yeah.